Welcome back to Reading with Rebecca. I'm Rebecca. Today we are going to be starting the book Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. We're going to start, which is written, of course, by Betty McDonald. The first chapter is entitled, entitled excuse me, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle Herself. Chapter 1. I expect I might as well begin by telling you all about Mrs. Pigglewiggle, so that whenever I mention her name, which I do very often in this book, you will not interrupt and ask, Who is Mrs. Pigglewiggle? What does she look like? How big is she? How old is she? What color is her hair? Is her hair long? Does she wear high heels? Does she have any children? Is there a Mr. Pigglewiggle? Mrs. Pigglewiggle lives in our town. She is very small and has a hump on her back. When children ask her about the hump, she says, Oh, that's a big lump of magic. Sometimes it turns me into a witch, other times into a dwarf or a fairy, and on special occasions it makes me into a queen. The children are always very envious of the hump because, besides being magic, it is such a convenient, fascinating place for wings. Mrs. Pigglewiggle has brown, sparkly eyes and brown hair, which she keeps very long, almost to her knees, so the children can comb it. She usually wears it on top of her head in a knot, unless someone has been combing it, and then she has braids or long white curls or long hair just hanging with a jeweled crown or flowers on top. One day I saw her digging in her garden wearing the jeweled crown, and with her hair billowing down her back, she waved gaily at me and said, I promised Betsy, Betsy is one of her children friends, that I would not touch this hair until she came home from school. And she went on with her digging. Mrs. Pigglewiggle's skin is a goldy brown, and she has a warm, spicy, sugar cookie smell that is very comforting to children who are sad about something. Her clothes are all brown and never look crisp and pressed because they are used for dress up. She wears felt hats, which children poke and twist into witches and pirates' hats, and she does not mind at all. Sunday morning, she takes one of the hats out of the closet shelf, gives it a few thumps, pulls it firmly down fore and aft, and wears it to church. She wears very high heels all the time, and is glad to let the little girls borrow her shoes. Mrs. Pigglewiggle has no family at all. She said that her husband, Mr. Pigglewiggle, was a pirate, and at and after he had buried all the treasure in the backyard, he died. She just has herself and Wag, her dog, and Lightfoot, her cat. The most remarkable thing about Mrs. Pigglewiggle is her house, which is upside down. It's a little brown house, and sitting there in a tangly garden, it looks like a small brown puppy laying on its back with its feet in the air. Mrs. Pigglewiggle says that when she was a little girl, she used to lie in bed and gaze up at the ceiling and wonder and wonder what it would be like if a house were upside down. And so, when she grew up and built her own house, she had it built upside down, just to see. The bathroom, the kitchen, and the staircase are right side up. They are more convenient that way. You can easily see that you could not cook on an upside down stove or wash dishes in an upside down sink or walk up, the, up upside down stairs. In the living room of her house is a large chandelier, and instead of being on the ceiling, it is on the floor. Of course, it's really on the ceiling, but the ceiling is the floor, and so it is on the floor. And the children turn the light and squat on around it, pretending it's a campfire. 
Mrs. Picklewiggle says that her chandelier is the only one in town which is put to any real use. Her bedrooms all have slidey boards in them because you will look up in your attic ceiling and see that they have slanty ceilings when turned upside down make a fine slidey board. Also, all the wall lights are very close to the floor and handy for the small children. For the first five or ten years after the house was built, Mrs. Picklewiggle climbed in and out of the rooms over the high doorways, but now she has little steps, which are just the thing to practice jumping. She gives the children chalk so they can mark how far they had jumped on the rug. Nobody knows how old Mrs. Picklewiggle is. She says she doesn't know herself. She says, what difference does it make how old I am when I shall never grow any bigger? Mrs. Picklewiggle's dog, Wag, has puppies every once in a while, and so she keeps a long list of names of children who want them on the blackboard in their kitchen. For Lightfoot the cat's kitten, she has a long waiting list on the blackboard in the dining room. Mrs. Picklewiggle's backyard is full of big holes where small boys dig for Mr. Picklewiggle's buried treasure, and her front yard is full of flowers, which the little girls pick, jam into vases, and place in her living room or carry to their teachers. Every child in town is a friend of Mrs. Pigglewiggle's, but she knows very few of their parents. She says grown-ups make her nervous. For the first year after she built her house, Mrs. Pigglewiggle lived there all by herself except for Wag and Lightfoot, and she was very lonely. Then, one dark rainy afternoon she was baking sugar cookies and thinking how much fun it would be if she knew someone besides wag and lightfoot to invite for tea she happened to be looking out the window and there coming up the street in the pouring rain dragging a big suitcase and bawling was a little girl mrs pigglewiggle wiped the flower off her hands and hurried right on into the rain and invited the little girl in for tea the little girl's name was Mary Lou Robinson, and she was eight years old and quite fat, and she was running away from home. She told Mrs. Picklewiggle all this after she had drunk three cups of cambric tea and eaten seven sugar cookies. She said, I'm running away from home because I hate to wash the dishes. All I do is wash dishes. I'm just a servant. Dishes, dishes, dishes. Wash, dry, put away. That's all I do. My mother doesn't love me at all. She isn't my real mother anyway. She probably got me out of an orphanage just to wash her dishes. Mary Lou began to cry again so that the ace sugar cookie got quite soggy before she finished it. Mrs. Pigglewiggle said, Isn't she your real mother? Mary Lou said, She says she is. But no real mother would make you wash the dishes. Wash dishes. Wash dishes. Now that's a funny thing, said Mrs. Pigglewiggle. I mean, you're hating to wash the dishes so much because, you see, I like to wash the dishes. In fact, I enjoy washing dishes so much that a cause of great sorrow to me is the fact that the only dishes I must wash are for Wag, Lightfoot, and myself. Three or four dishes a meal, that's all. When I wash the dishes, Mary Lou, I pretend that I'm a beautiful princess with long, golden, curly hair. Mary Lou's hair was jet black and braided into two stiff little pigtails, an apple blossom skin, and forget-me-not blue eyes. I have been captured by a wicked witch, and the only chance I could get free is to wash every single dish and have the whole kitchen sparkly and clean before the clock strikes. 
for when the clock strikes, the witch will come down and inspect to see if there's a crumb anywhere, and if the pots and pans have been put away wet, and if the silverware has been thrown in the drawer, or if the sink has not been scrubbed out, the witch will have me in her power for another year. Mrs. Pigglewiggle looked up at the clock and jumped up. It's ten minutes to full, princess. We have so much to do. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Mary Lou also jumped up and began carrying the tea things to the sink, and Mrs. Pigglewiggle whisked them in and out of the dishwasher, and Mary Lou dried them, and Mrs. Pigglewiggle hurried as fast as she could to put the cookie things away, and every once in a while she would stop and say, Hark, princess, do you hear the thump of the witch's big, gnarly cane? Then Mary Lou, her braids bobbing up and down with excitement, would say, I hear it, princess, it's coming closer and closer. Soon the kitchen sparkled, the dishes were washed and dried, and put away, and every crumb had been swept off the floor. Mary Lou even curled Lightfoot's tail neatly around her legs and smoothed Wag's fur. Just before the clock struck, Mrs. Pigglewiggle said to Mary Lou, Princess, I must leave you now, but show the witch your work, and oh, I hope you'll be freed. She went upstairs, and pretty soon, down the stairs came this terrible, old witch with a long black dress, a tall black hat, and a big gnarly black cane. Mary Lou was very scared until she saw the sparkly eyes of Mrs. Pigglewiggle under the black hat. She showed the witch the kitchen, and the witch took out the cookie pans and carried them over to the light to see if they were clean and dry. She got down on her knees, squeaking like a rusty gate to see if Mary Lou had swept under the stove. She felt inside the teacups to see if there was any sugar in the bottom, and she put on her glasses to examine the sink. But she could not find anything wrong, so she handed Mary Lou the key to the kitchen door and screeched out, You're free, princess, but if I ever get you again, never fear. The witch clumped back up the stairs, and in a few minutes, down came Mrs. Pigglewiggle. Well? Mrs. Pigglewiggle said, Do you see why I like to wash the dishes? Mary Lou said, Oh, Mrs. Pigglewiggle, that was the most fun I've ever had. Mrs. Pigglewiggle said, Of course you can have more fun than I can because you have so many more dishes to wash. If I only had more dishes, I could take longer and I would be a princess with curly yellow long hair, apple blossom skin, blue eyes, and a beautiful voice. And I would sing sad songs over the dishpan. Also, if I had more dishes, I would have the witch ride through the night on a broomstick. And I would creep out to the back porch and see if she was coming. Then I could hear her land with a thud on the roof. And I would slip upstairs to see if she was going to slide down the chimney or thump down the stairs. Oh, there would be so many exciting things to pretend if only I had more dishes to wash. After a while... It stopped raining and the sun came out, and Mary Lou took her suitcase and went home. That night her mother, it really was her mother, of course, almost fainted when she came out to the kitchen exactly 27 minutes after dinner, and Mary Lou was sweeping the floor, and all the dishes were washed and dried and put away, and everything was immaculate. Mrs. Robinson rushed in and called Mary Lou's father, and he came to the kitchen and pretended to fall on the floor with surprise and then said to Mary Lou's mother, I'd like your new maid, madam. In fact, she's so much better than Tilly Slapwash, who used to be here. I think we should invite her to the moving picture show some early moon evening. Then Mary Lou told them all about Mrs. Pigglewiggle, and Mary Lou's mother said, Oh, yes, I remember seeing that odd little house. She sounds like a charming friend, and if you're certain she has invited you, you may go over there after school tomorrow. 
The next day after school, Mary Lou went to see Mrs. Pigglewiggle. She took her best friend Kitty Wheeling with her, and Mrs. Pigglewiggle was very glad to see them and showed them through her upside-down house and served tea and cookies. Kitty said with her mouth full of cookie, My worst trouble is bread-making. I can't get the corners smooth. It's much... I'd much rather wash dishes like Mary Lou, but Mother won't let me change with my sister Sally who washes the dishes until I've learned to make the beds properly. Oh, I despise making beds. Mrs. Pigglewiggle poured herself another cup of tea, gave a saucer of cream to Lightfoot and four cookies to Wag, and then said, If you think you have a hard time making beds, Kitty, imagine how hard it is for me. You see, the cruel queen sleeps in my bed every night and inspects them every morning, and if she finds a single wrinkle, even one as big as a pin, she'll have me thrown into the dungeons. Come upstairs and I'll show you how I have to make the bed. They went upstairs and Mrs. Pigglewiggle threw the covers clear off the foot of one of her own beds. Then she had Kitty help her make it, and when they were finished, it was as smooth as the floor. No wrinkles. Mrs. Pigglewiggle said, The secret is to throw the covers way back. You simply cannot smooth up a bed, because if you do, there might be a wrinkle down by the foot, and of course the cruel queen would find it and then down into the dungeon. Mrs. Picklewiggle took bed part again and said, now Kitty, you and Mary Lou make the bed while I tell the cruel queen you're ready for inspection. She went into the closet and shut the door. When she came out, just as Kitty and Mary Lou finished with the bed, but she was no longer Mrs. Picklewiggle but the wicked, haughty, cruel queen. On her head, she wore a glittering, jeweled crown. Her hair hung down her back in deep waves. Around her shoulders, she had a purple fur-trimmed robe. And on her face, she wore a smile so cruel it made Kitty's teeth chatter. She stalked over to the bed and laid down. With her gold slippers, she felt the bottom of the bed. With her ringed fingers, she felt the tops and the sides. She stood up with her scepter. She pulled back and spread to see even if the pillows were wrinkled. But everything was perfect. The cruel queen's face became convulsed with fury. She yelled, not a wrinkle, not a single lump. I'm furious. But never fear, little slaves. My day will come and into the dungeons you'll go. Come, my servants, we will go. Mrs. Pigglewiggle stalked into the closet. That was the beginning of Mrs. Pigglewiggle's friendship with the children. The next day, Mary Lou, Kitty, and Kitty's little brother Bobby and Bobby's friend Dickie went to Mrs. Pigglewiggle's for tea. And the next day, they came and each brought someone else, and pretty soon every single child in town had been or was going to Mrs. Pigglewiggle's house. She showed Bobby how to sneak out and get the fireplace logs without being caught by Indians. She showed Dickie how the lawnmower is really a magic machine that mows down the enemy millions and billions of at a time. She taught Max how to take out the ashes without making a sound or without leaving a trace to show the train robbers who were on his trail that he and the sheriff had camped there the night before. Mrs. Pigglewiggle certainly knew how to make work fun, and she also knew there are certain kind of work that children love to do even though they don't know how to do it that well. Like painting and ironing and cooking and carpentry. One day at Mrs. Pigglewiggle's, there were two little girls baking cookies, one little boy baking a pie and getting flour on the floor and eating most of the dough. 
a little girl ironing, in a very wrinkly fashion, all of Mrs. Pigglewiggle's clean clothes, four boys with paint on their faces and feathers in their hair, chopping kindling, two boys painting the dog house, three little girls darning old pirate socks in Mr. Pigglewiggle's, and pirates, pirates everywhere, digging in the backyard, shooting and yelling, running through the house, and grabbing hunks of rock cookie dough. Mrs. Pigglewiggle was sitting over in the corner of the living room, sewing on doll clothes. She was wearing the jewel crown, and Kitty Wheeling was standing beside her throne, which was a chair with a tablecloth draped over it, dipping her hairbrush in a glass of water and making Mrs. Pigglewiggle's hair into long, wet curls. Kitty said, Your Highness, shall I use the gold or the silver hairpins? Mrs. Pigglewiggle said, Oh! Let's use the ones with the diamonds in them, hairdresser. They look better with this crown. Just then the telephone rang, and it was some mother wanting to know what to do with her little girl who wouldn't take a bath. And that's how Mrs. Pigglewiggle got started with her wonderful cures. She told Hubert's mother about the won't-pick-up-the-toys cure, Patsy's mother about the radish cure, Alan's mother about the slow-eater-tiny-bite-taker cure, Anne and Joan's mom about the fighter quarrelers cure, Dick's mom about the selfish boy cure, Mary's mother about the answer backer cure, and Bobby and Lori, Larry and Susan's mother about the never want to go to better cure. This is the end of chapter one of the book Mrs. Pigglewiggle by Betty MacDonald. Join us tomorrow as we read chapter two the won't pick up toys cure. See you then.